And so even though in the moment, you know, the bar is fun, that guy is fun, that hookup, that drink, that whatever you're doing, it's super fun in the moment. Like I look back and be like, yeah, that was kind of fun. But again, I look back, I'm like, also like, but that really robbed me of joy. Like if I really think about that moment when I was there, I was depressed. I was anxious. I had suicidal thoughts. I hated my body, hated the way I looked. I was seeking for men's attention 24 seven. I mean, I was so desperate for people to like me because I did not believe that if I just chose God, that I would find every answer that I was looking for right in the word of God. And I wouldn't need all those things to bring me satisfaction and temporary happiness. A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Evenoff. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest, Janine Amapola. Janine is a social media sensation. She has an incredible online community all after the heart of Jesus. She has a YouTube channel and an amazing podcast called The Happy and Healthy Podcast. Janine was on my dream guest list for the show, and so I'm beyond honored to get to chat with her today on some topics that I think are going to really encourage you guys. Uh, We talk about the difference between happiness and joy. We also talk about the difference between a boy and a man, and a man of God, a man who's intentionally pursuing you and intentionally pursuing Jesus. She also shares how to see rejection as redirection. She gives her best dating advice, and honestly, you guys, just so many other encouraging topics that you'll just have to listen to find out. Let's welcome her to the show. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm a little tired today, not going to lie. But, you know, a cup of coffee from Starbucks never hurt nobody. Are you? I saw you were traveling recently. You were actually just in L.A. I was. I I travel a ton, so sometimes I'm like, wait, where was I just? But I I get to chill out for a little bit, thank God. But, yeah, I was just in L.A., which I used to live there, so it just felt like I was going back home. Amazing. So let, why don't you just, I know I'm like diving into like asking all these questions. Give us a little background, like what you do, who you are, what your story is, um, and then we'll we'll dive into the, the episode. Yeah. I mean, let me think of how I want to shorten this. So um, for those that don't know me, my name is Janine Amapola. That's how you pronounce it. A lot of people call me Jeannie Amapola. And I'm oh my like, gosh. That's, that's definitely not it. So it's Janine Amapola. Um, yeah, I'm from Dallas. I went to the University of Texas and then moved to LA a year after that for three years. Just moved back to Dallas, as I said. Um, I'm a full time YouTuber, podcaster, influencer. I run the organization called the Abide Tribe, which basically helps girls find community in their cities. They just have a great little safe place to ask each other questions. And I also lead Bible studies for them. And I am working on some other fun projects coming up. So yeah. 
I love that. I um, was going through the Abide Tribe, Tribe page yesterday and I pulled so many quotes from it that were just so powerful and a lot of topics I've talked on with the most recent guests. Um, my friend Tori Masters was on yesterday and uh, we talked love on like her. singleness and yeah, she, they're, they're the most powerful couple. Um, we talked a lot on singleness and dating and relationships and a lot of my listeners um, are very passionate about those topics and I feel like you'd be the perfect person to also talk on those topics. But first things first, um, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every guest, which is what is a dream that you have right now? Uh, it's hard because I, it's hard to answer that because I'm honestly, I am such a dreamer. Sometimes the dreams don't come into fruition, but, uh, <laughs> I would say the number one dream and for some people, this might sound, you know, crazy, but my number one dream is to be married. Like I really just desire that. It's not like I'm, I'm desperate for it, but I am very excited for that. That's something I've always wanted since I was a little girl. So I've always dreamt about marriage. And then I also am dreaming of writing a book. And then I also would say I'd love to do a conference for the Abide Tribe one day. I think that would be amazing. I love that. Those are all great dreams. And I could see that uh, that conference happening in the near future. I will I be declaring that. that over you. Amen. That's amazing. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Okay, so diving right in, um, you talked recently, I think it was on the Abide Tribe tribe page, but the difference between happiness and joy, because I feel like they can be easily confused, um, especially within relationships. You know, relationships are not meant to make us more happy, but to make us more holy. And of course, um, you know, we want to be happy in our relationships and happy in our marriage. Um, but the ultimate goal of those relationships in general is to make you more holy. So can you can you kind of, you know, elaborate on that? Um, okay, so you're basically saying, yeah, the difference between happiness and holiness. I would say, you know, any person can make you happy, but it really is a higher call to action to have someone actually help you be holy, to help you look like Jesus, to point you back to Jesus. I mean, that's why there are so many failed relationships, I feel like, because so many people are chasing happiness and instant gratification. And in the end, what happens when that person doesn't make you happy anymore? What happens when you no longer like them? And it's like, okay, I'm out. And it's a very self-seeking, mm -hmm. selfish thing. And that's just not how marriage is. Marriage is a call to um, being sanctified, purified, and holy. And that that is a harder thing. And I do believe God calls us to more challenging things. It's not always the easiest choice. It's not always the most fun choice. But I do believe that the, the point of being a Christian and dating and marriage is die to self. It's blessing someone else. It's calling someone else higher and always pointing them back to Jesus. And it's harder. However, it is 100% more worth it. And it is way more... Um, satisfactory in a, in, in a sense. Um, and it's more sustainable because you are laying your life down for someone. You're not just seeking to be happy and only have them please you. But in the end, you're like, how can I please this other person as well and help them look more like Jesus as well? Yeah, that's so good. And I think that kind of comes down to like, you know, love being sacrifice. And um, I also think, you know, the instant gratification versus delaying gratification. Uh, I talk a lot about the book called The Weight. I don't know if you've heard of it or read it. It's by Devon mm -hmm. Franklin and Megan Good. And, you know, that book changed my life. And, and the book essentially is about waiting until marriage for sex, but it's also just about delaying gratification in all areas of your life to get God's A plan. And, you know, just the constant battle 
battle between the spirit and the flesh. And, you know, in the moment, like your flesh wants, wants this or wants that, but you know, what's best for you is actually to choose the spirit because it's going to benefit you in the long run. And I, you know, I think that is just so true when it comes to, you know, waiting, of course, until marriage for sex, like, of, of course, it's very hard. Of course, our flesh wants to like be passionate and be intimate with the person that, you know, we even feel is from God, but delaying gratification is ultimately going to get you where God wants you to go. Totally. I believe God so rewards that as well. And the thing is, too, when when there is any instant gratification, you're always going to be left high and dry because mm-hmm. there is no patience. And one of the fruit of the spirit is patience and, and long mm-hmm. suffering. And so sometimes we're just like, no, I want what I want right now. Or maybe the person you're dating is pressuring you because they're like, I want what I want right now. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to either dump you or find it from someone else. And that, that's just not someone that has the fruit of the spirit. And that's just not someone that actually values what God says about marriage and just dating in general. And so I believe there is such a reward to delay the gratification and to die to self and to take your cross up daily and to be holy as God calls us to be holy. That's so good. And I, I feel like that ties kind of into the next quote, the person you marry. And my husband has said this all the time. It's something our our pastor has said to him, but the person that you marry or the person you date will either be your biggest lid or your greatest ladder. And I, and I think that also ties into the quote, someone's either drawing you closer to God or further away. There's no in between. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I've kind of heard that same quote described as they can either be your biggest liability or your greatest asset. And Mm -hmm. it's totally true. And I have seen this happen in my own life. I've seen this happen in a ton of people's lives that I actually know that you think, okay, like we're in love. It's a good person. He's not really like he doesn't really love God. Like he goes to church and he is a Christian and he's just kind of beginning his journey and they get married and they think that it's going to solve everything. And they think like, oh, when we get married, then maybe he'll start going to church or maybe she'll start actually falling in love with the Lord. And it tends to actually to be the reverse and to decline. And that will affect you because when you join into marriage, you join as one. Everything you do is one. You're sharing the same bank account, the same bed. You're living with this person for the rest of your life. And so that person is going to inevitably pull you back. Even if they're not intentionally doing it, they're not even aware that they're doing it. It's going to pull you backwards. And that's why I think it is so vital and so crucial in the dating period to really figure that out, to know like, is this person wholeheartedly in love with Jesus? Will they be okay if I'm not in their life? Can they just hang out with God just themselves? Can they get in the presence of God alone apart from me? Do they genuinely have the fruit of the spirit? And you're seeing that really actively in their life because you want that person to be really pushing you back towards Christ, to pray for you, to fight for you because the enemy loves to divide people. He loves to divide marriage because the enemy hates marriage because that is a representation of Jesus and the church. And And so the enemy is going to come for that. And so if you don't have someone that sees the way God sees marriage and relationship and dying to self and all that stuff, like they're going to start pulling you back, whether you like it or not. And I've seen that happen in my own life. And I just started slowly but surely, you know, compromising in these areas. And I was like, why am I compromising? It was because that person was compromising. And so you want someone that is so willing to be like, no, this is the truth. I will not compromise and I will do whatever it takes to follow Christ. And that is the type of person I think that we should all be looking for. It's hard to find, but again, it is worth the wait. 
Yeah, and you want someone who's not only willing to fight for for you, but fight for your marriage and know how to do that. And, you know, I even think when my husband and I got engaged, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that we never had one argument up until we got engaged. It's like the enemy's seeing we're getting closer and closer to marriage and is trying to come in between us. And if he didn't have, you know, that gift of, of prayer, that gift of speaking truth over the lies that the enemy is trying to tell us and who who knows if we would have made it through that that time and i think it's so important going into marriage being equally yoked i talked about this in the last episode a lot but you know this will tie into the next one but what do you what do you do when you're into a guy and he's not you know, maybe he calls himself a Christian, but just like that was something he was raised in, but isn't really pursuing it, but he's willing to go to church with you. I usually what I tell girls is it's like, hey, he's got to figure this out on his own. Like if he wants to go to church, that is amazing. Encourage that, but let him do that apart from you. Like you don't need to babysit this person. You don't need to bring them. You don't need to drag them. You can encourage them and pray for them probably from afar or just, you know, maybe go and attend with them. But I would never enter into a relationship, a romantic setting, a marriage with a guy that is just beginning in those stages because it's kind of confusing. Mm -hmm. And I really think that he should have men and other mentors bringing him and calling him higher and helping him. I don't think that you should be as the woman or the girl being the main source of that. Um, And so I don't ever encourage girls to date or be interested in a man that is like that. And I know this happens time after time after time because girls are Mm -hmm. like, but, but he's going to church now for me. And he all of a sudden wants to read his Bible. And I'm like, yeah, but for you, it has to be Mm -hmm. something that the Lord has convicted him of, or that he feels like I want to know God, not just because he wants to date you, because that can fade again in two seconds, just because he's doing it for you. doesn't mean it's going to stay. And so you want to see a true, repented heart, a true heart posture that is sold out for Jesus. Um, Otherwise, again, you're going to get the first situation. What I was just saying is that they'll start trying to pull you away from Christ without even knowing it. And also they'll start kind of compromising and eventually you'll compromise as well. Yeah. And I, I think that ties into like, we can't be led by our feelings because if you're on a first date with someone and, you know, they're saying, oh, I would love to go to church with you. I haven't been in so long, but I'm, you know, I'd love to dive back into my faith. You know, I'm very inspired by your faith. You know, they're saying all the right things. You're very into them. You're very attracted to them. They seem to be the whole package. And now you're going to be led by your emotions. And right. this is the point where like you need you need to look at the fruit of their life and you need to like go back to like, okay, wait, but man is supposed to lead one. Like I, for me, I want I the man it. to lead, to lead me. I don't want to be the one leading him. I, I, and this is my personal opinion, but I feel like it's the man's job to lead the woman, not the opposite. Um, it's his job to pursue you intentionally. It's his, his job to lead your home in prayer and faith and all those things. So what, what would you say? Like, if you're on a first date, like what are maybe a couple of things you're looking for? That's a sign, you know, that this, this guy maybe is who he says he is just from like a first date. That's a really great question. Um, Again, I really do believe from the fruit of the spirit, we're able to tell, like, is this person, you know, uh, resembling these? And so I think just being intentional about that. And I think, you know, the Bible verse that says, like, out of the out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So just listen to what he's saying. Sometimes you don't even have to ask questions. You can just hear what he's passionate about by just how he describes things. And so here, like, 
how he spends his time. What does he do on the weekends? Who is he hanging out with? What are his friends? Does he bring up God? Does he bring up faith? Does he bring up church? Does he bring up volunteering? Like, listen to what he's just telling you. Because I do believe if a godly man really is godly, he's going to tell you those things because he lives them out. He loves them. He's passionate about them. That is a huge part of his life. It's not just a side thing. It's not just something on a Sunday morning. It's something he lives out daily. And so sometimes I feel like without you even having to ask anything, he should tell you. And if he doesn't, I'm going to be a little bit worried. And I also think that he should know you are a believer. And so if he knows that you're a believer, he's probably going to be like, okay, she's a believer. So I want her to know that I'm a believer as well. So I'm going to start bringing this up and help her feel more comfortable that I'm asking her out on a date because I wanted to know that, hey, we match each other spiritually. And so for me personally, like if I know right off the bat that this man is not a Christian or if I'm already kind of questioning his faith, I'm probably not even going to go on the date to begin with. Like that sounds harsh, Mm -hmm. but I just, I'm like, my time is precious. And if I know he's already not there, I'm not even going to go on the date to begin with. Yeah, no, that's so good. I'm so aligned. I think, uh, you know, this quote, boys confuse and men clarify. I feel like that also ties into like, if you're so in love with Jesus and so is this man, I feel like that is a natural conversation. Like my husband and I, to this day, we're either talking about work or we're talking about God. Like those are two things that, you know, we spend a lot of time um, with our work and then we spend a lot of time talking about God. And I feel like if God is such a big part of someone's life, you can't help but talk about it. Um, My husband and I, in our first date, shared our testimonies, talked about waiting until marriage for sex and like all these things. Like, you know, a lot of people ask me, oh, when is a good time to have the purity talk? When you ASAP. Meet him, you know, <laughs> ASAP. ASAP. I tell that to people too. They're like, when should I bring up to him that I'm waiting till marriage? I'm like, as soon as possible, because I don't want you getting into a situation where you're like, wait, crap, now he's pressuring me and I like him. And it's like, yeah, you've, the ball's already rolling at that point. The longer you wait, the more you're going to like have feelings for this person. And then it's going to be a harder to bring it up and be, you're going to now have the fear of like, well, what if I bring it up and he's not okay with it? I have to end this relationship and exactly. I don't want to end it because I like him. So what would you say to that girl who's in that situation? I would say, you know, it, it in the end, it's never going to leave you feeling satisfied. Like you're going to, you're going to be in that relationship and you're going to have all the butterflies and the feelings, but you're always going to be still left feeling a bit empty because you're going to start feeling you know, use, or you're going to start living in a life of secrecy. If your friends don't know, your family don't, doesn't know, it's going to start pulling you away from Christ. You're going to start carrying all this guilt and condemnation and shame. And this person just overall is just not helping you look more like Jesus. And so in the end, you're just compromising all around, which is just never fun. And so I know it sounds scary to just take the leap of faith, but I'm going to always encourage girls to just choose that, to choose what is right, because in the end you will be rewarded. And the sooner you do it, the better, to be honest, because otherwise you keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole. And the next thing you know, you're in all these big decisions and regrets and things. And you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? And it's because oftentimes girls are so scared to leave. They're like, what if I never find better? What if, you know, this mm-hmm. person 
what if I never find someone that loves me as much as he will? Because I've heard some guys say that. I've had an ex say that to me before, that no one will ever love you as much as I will. And I'm like, okay, watch, bet, like, wait till mm-hmm. you see. <laughs> and I just don't want girls believing the lie because I think a lot of times they're just like, well, if I leave this guy, I'm never going to find someone better or who's going to date me now. I'm already used. I'm worthless, which is all just an absolute lie from the enemy to keep you enslaved and in bondage. And so just take the leap of faith and do it because it will always be worth it. And there's always a blessing on the other side of obedience. So I just encourage you guys to do that. That's so good. And I always say this, but God's love language is obedience. And so he will always yeah. reward that. And I I remember before I was even a believer, um, I was in a relationship for almost four years. We lived together the whole thing. And I will never forget, it was like nine months into dating. And I can remember the moment where I remembered and I felt like this isn't my person. This isn't the wow. one. But he treated me so good, and my family was obsessed with him. Everyone in my life was obsessed with him, but there was something in my gut that knew, like, this isn't it. And I didn't know the Holy Spirit at that time, but now I can look back and be like, that was the Holy Spirit kind of nudging me. And I was, I stayed in it out of fear, that same fear of, I'm never going to find someone who will love me like this. And so I stayed in it because it was comfortable. And then at four years, I just woke up one morning and I was like, wait we don't actually like each other, you know? Wow. And when physical intimacy, you know, the relationship was kind of going south. And when we were no longer being physical, we kind of actually realized we have not, we actually have nothing in common. We have nothing to talk about. Like we don't even like each other. And I remember breaking up with him and walking away. I never even cried about it. It was like a piece I had never in my life experienced before. And I think, and and I talk about this a lot, why I'm so passionate about whether you're a, you know, you follow God or you don't, physical intimacy blinds you. And if we had not been physical from the beginning, we would have realized a lot sooner that we actually didn't like each other because we would have had to have strong communication. We would have had to talk. Um, and so when physical intimacy was out, we were like, wait, we don't even like each other, you know? And so I'm so passionate about, you know, I know there's people who listen to this who maybe, you know, don't have a relationship with God or who, you know, might be listening and they're curious or they're in a in a relationship where they feel stuck and their gut is telling them, um, maybe this isn't it. Like, what would what would you say to them? Like, how do you know if something is from God or just like a voice in their head? Absolutely. That's such a good question. And yeah, thanks for sharing that. I I've actually was in a very, very similar situation. Like I was actually married um, in college and same thing. Like it was intimate. I stayed longer because of it. It was a big reason why we got married. It was just a huge mess, a huge mess. Mm-hmm. But I always believe, and I tell this to my listeners as well on my podcast, like God is the God of peace for a reason. And the same thing for you. You were able to see that there was no peace. And God speaks to us in the form of peace because it says that God is a God of peace and peace he brings us and peace he leaves with us. And so if you don't feel peace and there's something off in your spirit, that is the Lord telling you like, hey, this isn't right. This is not right. Don't stay there. I'm calling you out of that. I'm calling you higher. Come to me. And so if there is someone out there that is feeling that wrestle and that tug of like, something feels wrong. And even with you, you could see like just how we were talking about how it could be a good thing or a God thing. Like just because it feels Mm -hmm. right or comfortable or you still laugh together, you still have fun. 
that doesn't mean that it's a God thing. A God thing is going to be so covered in the peace and in blessing and fruit of the spirit. And other people are going to see it. It's going to be obedient to the Lord. There's not going to be compromise. Like I keep saying, um, and just overall, it's just going to be so, it's going to feel right. You're not going to have any doubts. You're not going to be anxious. You're not going to be living in fear. And other people will see it too. Other people can verify like, this is a good person. This person is high character, high value. They treat you right. And that is a person of God. And that will sit right in your spirit as well. And so I always tell my listeners, like, you cannot run away from the lack of peace. As much as you try, as much as you try to numb it or just sleep with them more, stay in longer. If you don't have peace, you literally cannot run away with it as run away from it. As much as you try, as much as it sucks, that is the Lord telling you this is not it. Yeah. I, I, I think also, you know, you will be again, like rewarded for that. Like you're never going to be upset or regret following your peace because ultimately that was the decision that you were supposed to make. That's what God wanted you to make. And you will be rewarded and there will be something better for you. And for, you know, for anyone listening who feels, you know, the fear of, oh, I'll never find anyone who will love me that much or who's better. Like God is not, God's not downgrading your life. Right. You know, he's Amen. only, he's only going to give you better. And so, you know, you can walk in faith and walk in peace, knowing that the next person will be better. And I, and I, I don't know if you heard my episode with Caden, you know, Caden, right? Caden Boyd or Fabrizio? Fabrizio. Yeah. Fabrizio. Yeah, that's my homie. <laughs> yeah, he's so powerful as well. He, we talked uh, last, this, yeah, last week's episode on, you know, just the pandemic, you know, and I was this woman before when I was a non-believer, you know, where we pray and we want this dream man, this like perfect man of God, but we're not out acting like a wife. We're not out, you know, displaying the fruits of the spirit. And I get so fired up and I even can get emotional thinking about it because it's really sad. Like I was in a place where I had no idea, you know, I'm going out to the bar, going out to the club, dressing super provocatively and attracting this type of man that the next day I'm like, why isn't, I thought he would ask me on a date. Like, I thought he liked me. I thought this, I thought that, but I'm actually, you know, it's a law of attraction. Like if yeah. you're walking into a club or a bar and your shirt is down to your belly button, like what type of man do you think you're going to attract? But when you're so caught up in that, you are honestly, like, I remember like now I can think back and be like, how did I not realize what I was doing? Like, how did I yeah. not know? Um, and so what would you say are good practical ways that oh, that a woman can like grow in her relationship with God to learn how to become a wife? Obviously reading the Bible, but like more practically, like day to day, like how can, as a woman, how can we grow closer to God to become that person for the man that we're praying for? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, same thing. I, I have a very similar story in the sense of I wasn't sleeping around, but I was more partying a ton, just making out mm -hmm. with the next guy that was at the bar. And I, I I was struggling a ton. I was struggling with, I was like, I really do want to follow God, but I also really love this other life that I have going on here, like the partying mm -hmm. and stuff. And I mean, it seems fun in the beginning, but it always robs you. And in the end, you're like, oh, look at all these stupid decisions I just made. And what did that even produce in me? What fruit did that produce? literally nothing besides regret and shame and guilt. Um, so I'm very, I'm very familiar with that. And so for me, that was definitely a big journey of figuring out what does that mean to be like the classic Proverbs 31 girl. And 
all I can say is I could not have done it alone. I needed people in my life calling me out. And so I really believe that there is growth, that there is success, there is freedom, there's accountability and all of that within community. And that was what I found in my life was starting to let people in on my life and be like, hey, this is what I did last night. This is what I did last week. And this is what I even did a year ago that I never told anybody. And people just being like, all right, great. Now what are we going to do going forward? How are we going to fix that? How are we not going to do that again? And then also just studying the word of God, like understanding what does a biblical woman look like? What does a biblical spouse look like? What does it look like to be the woman that A, you know, God is looking for and B, what a spouse is looking for? And then also, I just believe having like mentors and people pour into you, people that are not trying to gas you up. They're not trying to be your best friend. They're not like worshiping you or bowing down to my feet because of my platform that they're going to be like, Mm -hmm. actually, no, like you're being extremely selfish and this is wrong. And you did that wrong, not in a condemning way, but a convicting way to really call me higher. I really believe that that matters so, so much. And if you really want to start you know, getting more fruit in your life, I really believe who you surround yourself with is going to matter significantly because iron sharpens iron and, and who I live with. Like I live with my, uh, my roommate, Madison Pruitt. We sharpen each other so, so much like areas where I'm weak, she's strong, where she's weak, I'm strong. And so it's like, if that's my temptation of, of something, she could be like, no, Janine, we're not doing that. That's not what a guy would want in a woman. And I'm like, no, you're right. And so it's really important to not do life alone and to have women calling you higher because I could not have done it by myself. I probably would be struggling 20 times more if I was doing it all alone. And I just don't believe that God intended for us to do it alone. Yeah. And I think especially um, in the beginning of your faith journey. And I remember for me, it was very, you know, you're in a very vulnerable state. You're like in this transition where like you feel the tug to like want to know God more and have him transform your heart. But you also have these friends who, you know, are not on that same path, but you love them and you've been friends with them your whole life. So are you just supposed to like cut them out? And it was a very, very, very difficult season for me. And my defining moment was, you know, I, I got saved in 2017 and halfway through the year, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, who God is and what this looks like and what being a Christian looks like. And I, you know, I had this community of, you know, Christian friends who I, I love and still friends with today. And I was on a work trip and very long story short, I was with the wrong people, slipped up. And, you know, I look back on that and I feel like God allowed it to happen because it was my first time ever feeling convicted over something that had only ever brought me pleasure before. Um, And that was my like defining moment of like, it stops here. And, you know, I, I use that example to share, I was not surrounded by the people who had my best interests at heart, at heart, or who had the same values, or, you know, knew the path that I was wanting to go on with God. And so who you surround yourself with is so important, because it has, you know, the potential to lead you down a bad road, you know, without bad intentions, or to lead you down a very fruitful road. I just believe like if you don't genuinely believe that you are a daughter of the king, that you're valuable, that you're worth more than rubies and pearls, like I believe that you'll start soliciting your body out. You'll start compromising. You'll start believing lies about yourself. You'll start acting out in a certain way, dressing a certain way, seeking attention and approval from man and from men, for like people in general and guys, because you don't mm-hmm. believe who God says you are and your worth and your value. And I think that was a lot of my story and why a lot of girls 
do what they do because they just don't believe that they're good enough or worthy enough or that they are who God says they are. And so girls can get that down and really open the word of God and just say, okay, who does God say I am? And do I believe this? And what's preventing me from believing it? Then I believe that you're going to just keep acting out. You're not going to really understand why you're doing that. Yeah, that's so powerful. Um, there's a quote here that I, when I saw it on your Instagram page, I was like, wow, this is so powerful. God isn't trying to steal your fun. So short and so powerful. And I just remember thinking that as a new believer, oh, I can't go out anymore. Oh, I can't do this anymore. Oh, oh, I shouldn't do that. That's bad for me. Um, Obviously, you know, looking back, that was just, you know, me kind of learning and exploring what that looked like. But can you like describe that? Like kind of dive into that? Yeah. Absolutely. I think, again, that's something I learned similar to you is I learned in my story that he wasn't trying to prevent me from having fun. He's not this fun sucker. He's not pointing his finger at me. Instead, I realized, wow, his ways actually bring me more life, more joy, more fruitfulness, more happiness that's sustainable. It doesn't waver. It's it's unchanging. It's trustworthy. It's firm. It's a foundation. And so even though in the moment, you know, the bar is fun, that guy is fun, that hookup, that drink, that whatever you're doing, it's super fun in the moment. Like I look back and be like, yeah, that was kind of fun. But again, I look back, Mm -hmm. I'm like, also like, but that really robbed me of joy. Like if I really think about that moment when I was there, I was depressed. I was anxious. I had suicidal thoughts. I hated my body, hated the way I looked. I was seeking for men's attention 24 seven. I mean, I was so desperate for people to like me because I did not believe that if I just chose God, that I would find every answer that I was looking for right in the word of God. And I wouldn't need all those things to bring me satisfaction and temporary happiness. And so instead of people, you know, thinking, okay, God's just making all these rules and these laws to prevent me from having fun. You need to shift your perspective and mindset to say, actually, no, he's doing that to protect me. It's not to prevent something. It's to protect me. It's to protect me from the pain and from the regrets and shame and guilt and poor decisions that later haunt you down the road. And it really is just looking at that his ways bring you life and life more abundantly. That is like one of my favorite verses from John 10, 10 is realizing that, wow, his, his ways just bring more life and fruitfulness and and no shame and guilt. And I just love that about God. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, I think God is love. So anything he does for us or anything the Bible says is out of love. The intent is always um, to make our lives better and more fruitful. And it is just something that's kind of, you know, hard to see in the moment. You know, I know you said that one of your dreams is to be married. And that was also one of my dreams. Uh, And I'm living that out. Um, Yes, girl. But what... (laughs) What would you say to someone who is also maybe in a waiting season and is losing hope and feeling like God doesn't hear them or see them in that season of waiting? Yeah, I made a whole podcast on this because actually Riley and I did a podcast together called um, The Waiting Season, like how to wait well, because I think a lot of people are twiddling their thumbs, wasting their time in their single years, expecting that just because you get into a relationship or just because you get married, all of a sudden means then you're complete then you're happy, then everything's perfect. And that's just such a lie. I really believe you can be complete and fully joyful, fully happy, fully purposeful in that waiting season while you are still single. I mean, if we look at Jesus, we look at Paul, we look at all the men in the Bible. I'm like, they were all single, just 
absolutely mm-hmm. crushing it, finding full contentment and joy in God. And so just remembering again that your prayers are never returned void. Like it says in Revelations 12, I believe that the angels bring buckets of our prayers and our tears to Jesus every single day. And so every single one of our tears, our, our prayer requests, they're all brought to God. And it says also that God, that God will never leave us or forsake us, and He does not lie. And so if we believe that, then we believe, okay, He has not left me. And what also can God teach me in this season of singleness? Is there something that's unresolved in me? Is there healing I need to do? Is there some past trauma that I'm still lingering, that I'm still holding on to, or bitterness? And I really believe that's a season to do well to know, okay, who does God say I am? Be secure in who God says you are. Volunteer at church, you know, get plugged in, get girls around you, serve in the church and just really like do it so well to where you feel like, okay, yeah, a boyfriend would be really nice, but I don't need that to bring me joy or satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And so I know that is a journey, but I just encourage you to to do your singleness as well and as best as possible because that will bless your future spouse. That'll bless your future relationship. Because I think a lot of people think, okay, when I get into the relationship, then everything is solved. And it's like, no, no, no. Like the relationship and the marriage exposes all the insecurities, all the fears, all the trauma, all the baggage, it exposes it. So do the best mm-hmm. you can to be as happy and whole and healthy as possible and go to counseling if that's what it takes. I did that. Literally the best thing I ever did for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I recently started therapy because even once, you know, and I'm, you know, marriage and relationships in general are a mirror essentially and even if you go into a relationship you know you you really embrace your single season there are always things that we can be working on to be better at and a lot of times relationships will kind of bring up an area where you didn't know you needed healing in the best way where it's like you know my spouse challenges me um in, in a way where you know, if I'm responding in a way that was from a childhood trauma, but I never really experienced it until now I'm in a healthy relationship. And this person is like, wait, we, we don't talk to each other that way, or we don't act like that. And, you know, I think therapy is something so amazing, so beneficial to yourself, to your future spouse. Um, and there's no, no shame in therapy. I know there's such a bad, bad stigma around it for some reason. I don't get Um, it. It makes no sense. I'm like, wait, we're trying to better ourselves out here. How is that a bad thing? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I encourage it 24-7 to people. (laughs) Yes, amen. Okay, so kind of wrapping up, but what is one thing that you would tell your younger self? Maybe maybe during the season where you weren't walking as close to God as you are now. Gosh, there's so many things I wish I could tell my younger self. I really do believe, again, like I said, identity, um, because I, I look back and I look at all the decisions I was making of why I made the decisions, why I partied, why I dressed the way I did, why I let, you know, myself get into an abusive relationship, like all that stuff was because I didn't believe I was worthy enough or valuable enough. Or I didn't believe I was truly, you know, someone that God wanted and loved and chose. And I just kind of thought I was garbage. I didn't really like myself. And so I want, I want, I wish my younger self just knew that God does not make mistakes the way he made you. He made you that way for a reason. And you're beautiful the way that he made you. You don't have to change yourself. You don't have to alter yourself. You don't have to dress a certain way, talk a different way to just try to fit in and to conform. Like God doesn't want you to fit into to conform. He wants you to be set apart and he wants you to know truly 
who he says you are. And so if I had just believed who God said I was, and if I'd really just known my identity in Christ, I think that would have prevented me from so much pain and so many decisions that I made that later led to regret. I feel like everything is kind of tying together, but identity is so important um, because when you know whose you are, you know, when you know who God says you are, you're not going to allow the world to tell you who you are or even, you know, the enemy in your mind tell you who you are, which, you know, can be honestly a daily struggle if you're not so confident who God says you are. I know, I know for me, it's something like affirmations. I have to speak over myself every single day um, to remind myself uh, because, you know, Instagram and social media world can be a very dangerous, um, a dangerous, rough place. Um, And speaking of that, what would you say, um, because I feel like Instagram can really steal our joy um, and steal our confidence uh, in comparison. What would you say to someone maybe struggling in comparison just on social media in general? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things I would say, but, you know, do whatever is healthiest for you and your mental health. Like if you need to unfollow some people or mute people or just simply take a break or even just delete the dang app, do it. Because I really believe that God does call us to guard our hearts and to guard our minds and to take captive all the thoughts that are, you know, spiraling in our heads. And so if you feel like something is making it worse for you, then like remove it, you know, or take a break or fast from it and really figure out, okay, like, is this truly where I'm going to find my identity? Is this truly where I'm going to find my worth? Just because that girl is skinny and tall and pretty and has nice teeth doesn't mean that you're not so beautiful and valuable either. And I think a lot of people can look at these women or whoever they're comparing themselves to And think, well, she has that, so I must not have that. And it's like, no, like, who told you that? Just because Mm -hmm. she has that doesn't mean you can't have that. Just because she's successful doesn't mean you can't be successful. Just because she's beautiful doesn't mean you're not beautiful. And reminding yourself the truth of who God says you are. And just, you know, protecting your peace. I think protecting your peace is something I'm very passionate about because I think it's really important. So if you feel like it's Mm -hmm. robbing you of joy and peace and your identity, then get off, like take a break, like remove people that are causing you to feel more insecure. Because I know for me, when I was going through my fitness journey, when I was just getting into fitness, I really wanted to be skinny and so fit. I was following all these girls and taking all this advice. And I just felt like it was robbing me of my joy. And it was like, I had to remember, like, my body is not her body. My body will never be her body. And that is okay, because this is the way that God made me. And so instead of comparing I would champion her instead and embrace, this is who God's made me. This is who God's made her. And I sometimes just had to unfollow some of them because I remember feeling like I will never be her and it's causing me to be, you know, have my joy stolen. So I'm just going to unfollow her, but root from her, root for her from afar. Yeah, that's so good. And and honestly, like most of these people that we're comparing ourselves to have just as many insecurities as we have. Yes. Um, And I had a realization a couple months ago um, where God really like, you know, convicted me of something. And I went on my Instagram and I archived any photo that I remember posting for validation or posting because I felt like I looked good or wanted affirmation. Um, And it was a real, you know, eye opening moment for me and very, you know, humbling also. (laughs) And um I also went and unfollowed anyone who I felt was stealing my joy. It could have been, and if it was a friend, maybe just muting them. And I think that's, I love that feature on Instagram because, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't want to offend someone by unfollowing them. You can mute them. I mute tons of people. 
tons of people. Facts. Same. Same as I like to admit. (laughs) Yeah, same. Okay, so what is the best dating advice that you would give to a single person? I would say, yeah, look for, I guess I'm more speaking to women, but look for just the godliest man you can find. Look for the man that is leading with clarity, intentionality, and kindness. He's not confusing you. He's not playing games. You don't, you know, you're like, where do we stand and what's happening and what's going on? Like, look for a man full of integrity and don't waste time. Like if you instantly don't have peace or you're like something feels off or I'm not seeing the fruit of the spirit, then don't entertain it, you know? And so I I know that oftentimes people are like, just like look for the person, but also be that person. Just as you were saying, like, we're always looking for a godly man, but are we even being a godly woman? And so make sure you're self-reflecting and you're coming from a place of humbleness and not pride of being like, I'm the best and I deserve this and da da da. It's like, we don't all technically deserve anything. Like we all deserve mm-hmm. death actually, because we're sinners, but mm-hmm. be the person you're looking for. And also just, um, Making sure that whoever, you know, you date is that is someone that just genuinely is rooted in Christ, that God is the center of their life in everything that they do, that you and this person can now champion each other for the kingdom, that they you both want to plant seeds wherever you go. You're trying to make kingdom really, the make heaven really, really big and busy. Um, and just don't play games. Like if you're just trying to date because you're lonely or bored or insecure, that's not going to go well. Come from a place of abundance and not a place of lack when you're coming to date. I love that. That is amazing advice. Um, Okay. Last question. I know you probably have some good ones, but what books would you recommend and why? Maybe like just your couple favorite. The ones that really, I would say got to me the most um, was Welcome to Adulting by Jonathan Pakluda. That's an amazing one for people that are in college or people that are entering into the working field that are like, okay, I'm out of college. Now what? Like, I don't know who I am, what I'm doing, where to live, who to live with, et cetera, et cetera. It's an incredible guide for young adults. Um, secondly, I would say, oh gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> it, it just depends. Like I said, I'm like, okay, there's some different books I could give towards certain people. Um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer is also an incredible one. If you're someone like me that is a three on the Enneagram, you're an achiever, you don't rest, you always love to hustle, you're like, go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. You end up like losing yourself doing that. You don't sleep, you never take a break. It's very, very unhealthy. This mm-hmm. book helps you realize that and understand what was God's design for rest. And I think it's an incredible book that I really believe all of us should read because we're in such a hustle obsessed culture and it's the girl boss of like, you need to earn and strive and do this and do that and make all this money. And in the end it starts killing you emotionally and spiritually, mentally. So it's a great book for that as well. Um, and everyone's recommending just, that one. Yeah. It's really, the really root. good. Yeah. It's really good. And then the last one I would say, um, just for anyone that's a new believer, that's just trying to understand the Bible. Maybe you're new and you're like, I don't understand how everything adds up all the timeline anything of that. There's a book called Seamless by Angie Smith. She it's like kind of a devotional, but she guides you through the entire Bible, basically of how everything fits in together, all the lineage of Jesus's family, like how it all works. And it just basically seamlessly puts the Bible together. So it's an incredible book for new believers or people that are trying to understand the Bible. Awesome. Okay. Well, you, I just have to say like you speak with such confidence 
I'm just like, I was telling my podcast manager before, like, whenever I'm interviewing really powerful, you know, women, I am like being ministered to, but I'm also trying to like, listen and (laughs) respond, you know, but I just, I am so grateful for you. And it's so funny. I, you know, when I created this podcast, I had, you know, a, a list of people on it that, you know, are my friends and people that I know would be willing to, you know, to be on the podcast and would do a great job. And then I had a dream guest list, you know, people who I think are super powerful in the Christian space and who I know would impact anyone who listens to this. And you were on that list. And wow. when uh, Riley came on and, you know, I'd asked Riley and, you know, she was like, yes, yeah, send her a DM, like send her an email. And, and I just, you know, that was like a dream of mine to have you on. And so just look at God. I think it's so cool. And um, I, I love that you got to speak into people's lives and uh, what you're doing just on a daily um, with how you live and the women that you're impacting. So just thank you um, in general overall. I think you're amazing and I appreciate you. And okay, tell us where people can find you. Yeah, well, first of all, Thank you for all that. It's super sweet. Very encouraging. Thank you so much. I'm like, wait, I'm on someone's dream list. Like what? Like I'm like, it's just me. It's so, it's so weird to think about that. Um, but yeah, you can find me on my Instagram, which is Janine Amapola. That is J-E-A-N-I-N-E-A-M-A-P-O-L-A. Or you can find me on my podcast, Happy and Healthy, where I post a podcast every single Tuesday. And those are my two main places. But then if you're a girl, you want to join the Abide Tribe. It's a Facebook page. Any girl can join anywhere you are. You find community in your city. Get connected, plugged in on our Bible studies. That's just on Facebook and on Instagram, the Abide Tribe. I love it. Thank you so, so much. I hope you have the best rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun.